When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Brittany. And I'm Heather. Welcome to OKS Moms, the podcast. A place to be more than just mom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of OKS Moms, the podcast. Brittany here. And Heather. How's it going? Oh, you know, just another day in this dystopian future. (laughs) (laughs) That says it all, doesn't it? (laughs) The other day, I mean, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? And so uh-huh. <laughs> the other day, AJ and I were talking about how our 10-year anniversary came and went, and I had always said, like, I would like another band for my for our 10-year anniversary. And then that didn't happen because it was in the middle of a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And he talked about going to get one the other day. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'd really rather like spend the money on like landscaping the yard or something like that instead, because, you know, that's what you say when you're mid thirties. And then I said, but on the other hand, it might be nice to have something to barter because who knows what's going to happen in a couple months. (laughs) (laughs) That's forward thinking. And I think you should do both that and landscaping. I mean, you know, I would like to have a nice view of the world burning around me (laughs) (laughs) i like it oh man well we are back this week with everything burning around us with (laughs) a happy hour episode if this is your first happy hour with us we started these in the thick of the pandemic because we were really missing time with our friends so and i mean really this is the perfect time to bring one back (laughs) seriously yes exactly with Ami lurking around us at all times um so these happy hour episodes are just that us trying to connect with our friends and cool people we've met and bring them to you and we and Monica is just that she we love talking to older moms not you know like older with older kids kids older than ours (laughs) Because they just provide so much perspective that we don't have when we're in the thick of it. And Monica is the perfect person to give us some sage wisdom. Um, just a quick trigger warning on this. She does talk a little bit about suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation. So if that's triggering for you, maybe skip this one. And we're back with our guest, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, guys. We are so excited to have you on our podcast. We met Monica at the Mother Retreat back in November. And well, I think actually we met a little bit before that, but you know, what is time? (laughs) And we are just so excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, I am, you know, a mom, Uh, a mom of a newly minted 17-year-old. Um, so I've been doing this mom thing. Um, it feels like forever, right? Your whole life. Um, I 
have a children's secondhand shop in San Francisco that I've had for six years, um, which I love. And um, and I'm married with an awesome husband who's very tolerant um, of my every uh, change in my trajectory of business, which as we unravel here, you'll hear all my whims and big thoughts and feelings all the time. Uh, And we live in Marin now. We lived in San Francisco for 25 years, but we live in Marin for high school. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, secondhand children's store? Yes. Um, I have been a thrifter my whole life for as long as I can remember. Um, Loving the art of finding treasure and um, clothing with stories and history. Uh, And then when I got pregnant with our son, um, I started thrifting for him, um, finding him the most fun, bright, vibrant clothing, which he totally cringes at now when he sees the photos. Um, that's a side <laughs> note. Um, and, uh, just loved the, the process of finding, you know, treasure, um, for him. And we were on a very tight budget cause I was at home with him during that time. And, uh, so Flash forward, did a had an eBay store for a little while with my best friend Amy, um, where we would do the same. We would sell our amazing finds and make a ton of money with minimal effort. And this was, of course, when eBay first started, you know, 17 years ago. So, or probably longer than that. But we were doing it in a very early time. Um, and then worked for a secondhand store for a, a smidge doing some um, pricing for them, um, some uh, data entry pricing. And then my husband actually had this great idea for me to open my own business when our son was starting middle school. And we kind of knew it was going to be the time where I was going to need to release him into the world. And I was having a lot of anxiety about that. And so my husband was like, well, Keith was like, if you maybe have something else, a new baby to focus on, you would let your baby actually maybe make a mistake and fall and get a scratch and you won't be there to fix it. And so, um, so that's how Monkey Miles started. Uh, Scraped up $20,000 to start this business in this like way overpriced space that needed a ton of work. Um, my husband is a contractor, so he helped me kind of pull it together uh, at a very fast two-week turnaround time. Um, oh, wow. Yes, it was bonkers. And then uh, opened the business. So it was, pretty, it was pretty incredible. I had nothing. I had maybe sourced 100 pieces of clothing, which is nothing for a business, um, and opened the doors. I was like, this is it. People are going to either help me or, or I'm going to be closed in a year. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Highly curated. Yes. Right? <laughs> highly curated. Like the most curated you could ever be. And um, I was fortunate enough that my second day being open, um, this woman came in who lived in the neighborhood and she was very pregnant, like almost nine months pregnant. And she said, oh, what are you doing here? And gave her a brief, you know, synopsis of what I had going on. 
And uh, she's like, I'm going to go home and write about you on a mom's group. And I said, oh, that's amazing. And she went home and she literally did that. And I wasn't in the mom's group at the time, but she sent me an invitation to join. And it was uh, a group that's actually pretty large here in the Bay Area. It's called Main Street Mamas. Um, And, but it was San Francisco based at the time. And it had maybe 6,000, 5,000 people in the group, which is, which is a lot when you think about it, um, for just San Francisco. And, um, I think that was the, the catalyst to people being curious about what I was doing, people stopping by, um, introducing themselves. Um, the, the person that started that mom's group actually came by one day and introduced herself. Um, and the ball just started to roll from there. I started doing these like little gatherings um, in the shop. Um, this was, of course, pre-COVID time six years ago. So we could all gather without masks and connect with each other. Um, and I realized that there was a, a community of mothers that actually needed to be mothered. And so that's kind of what started, you know, I'm an, I was older at that point, right? I had a middle schooler. Everyone that was coming in had like a newborn or a, or a, or a one-year-old, right? And this is their new, this is their new journey. And I remember that journey and how isolating it was. And so it just started this path of like, anytime I had an opportunity to gather mothers, I did it. And so there was a little mom's group that would come and meet upstairs Um, there was a music class that I did on Saturdays. Um, there was a coffee that was donated by, um, Lady Falcon Coffee. Thank you, Lady Falcon Coffee. Um, who also does our retreat, which is something we'll talk about later, but, um, you know, and I, and they're all women owned businesses. So then I was like, oh, there's a lot of really cool women owned businesses in the city. Let's start connecting with them. And that kind of, it kind of started this amazing snowball, the kind that you want to be a part of and not the kind that you want to, because you want to be gathered, right? As, as the snowball's rolling, you want to be a part of that snowball because it's going to make this like amazing snowman at the end. Um, and that, I think that, that woman, Teal, coming in and introducing herself and introducing me to this, this group of mothers who were either small business owners or, or working moms or whatever, definitely started me on this path to where I am now. Um, and then bringing me their cute stuff and then letting me curate it. Cause it's a, it's a very nice, like everything looks new. So that's probably the feedback that I get when it, whenever anyone comes in, they're like, how are you finding kids clothes that aren't destroyed? Right. And we all have kids. So we know our children's clothes are destroyed. And so, um, there are some neat kids out there. They're not mine. <laughs> and there's people that just, you know, were fortunate enough that they overbuy for their kids or they buy them things that they won't wear that are super cute that somebody else will wear. And, word of mouth has kind of gotten me to where I am now. That's so cool. I love that the shop that you, that you created has become like the backdrop for mothers connecting. And it's just, it's so cool. It's really, I wish we lived in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Well, I think that's so much what 
I know, especially for me, having a newborn, I didn't, I wanted somebody who was just a little bit farther ahead of me in motherhood, who still remembered, because I mean, the mothers I knew, my mom and my grandma, and you know, like the older who had grown children, didn't remember that babies don't sleep or, you know, like, they don't remember those things because time erases all of that, right? You So you really want a mother in your life who's just a little bit ahead, who's who knows a little bit more than you, but still remembers how awful it is to be in that stage. And I think that's what you are providing for so many people in your community. Yeah, it's really, it was really special. I mean, being able to meet and the coffees kind of started this awesome path of new moms getting to meet, grab a coffee and then walk in the park. So my shop, is a block away from Golden Gate Park. So it's right in the sunset. And so that would just start this whole, I mean, the people that first came in have now, you know, second graders, first graders and second graders. Oh, wow. And, and so they'll remind me, they're like, oh, I remember when we would come for those coffees and I'm still friends with blah, blah, blah. Are we still keep in touch? And it's such a cool reminder especially now right when things are so hard and you wonder what the point is some days um that there is a point right we all have a point and a reason for like continuing even on the days that are more trying than others um and i agree with you heather i always wanted somebody so so my best friend has a has a a son who is a year older than Noel, but then also has a baby. Like we had babies five months apart. So I loved, well, A, getting her hand-me-downs because she's got great taste, but B, <laughs> I loved that like we could always, you know, I could, I could ask her, you know, cause she was so wise and she'd done that. It was her third kid. Um, how she got through the night you know no one told me that your baby nurse is like every hour what kind of bull- no. kind of bullshit is that I was like they totally <laughs> left that out the every hour business totally. start to finish like you'd be done and then you're like fuck you say fuck on this you oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. oh yeah, yeah. Fuck. No. I have to do this again <laughs> and uh-huh. so um yeah so it was I agree it was always nice to have someone uh, one step ahead of you, but then also someone to bitch with when they were right mm-hmm. there with you too. We're like, you didn't sleep last night? Me either. Let's go get a coffee. Yeah. You didn't do this? Me either. You had a complete blowout up the entire back of your child in the car seat? <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. I'm having PTSD flashbacks. Yes. Yep. 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 Oh gosh. So how... What have you noticed about, because there's a whole new generation of mothers coming in the last two years that don't know anything other than pandemic mothering. And I don't, you may not have had as much of a chance to connect with them because of, you know, ways the shop has had to pivot. But have you noticed anything, any difference between the mothers you first opened with and the mothers you're seeing now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So in the interim, so right before the pandemic, like the, the summer before, um, I got my, um, postpartum doula certification. Um, 
mostly because, well, I love babies and I love other people's babies, but, but also because there was a, there was a disconnect between what I remembered being a mom, being a new mom and where I was then, right. Where I was with a middle schooler and a different set of, of thought processes. Right. And so I did the, the postpartum doula certification just to remind myself of, of tips, tricks, things that I jokingly say that monkey miles becomes a bit of a therapy session when people come in, you know, they're just like, they can just leave it all at the door, whatever they think they should be, you know, in the outside world and really tell me how it is. And I would love that. I love that relationship with moms. Um, and so now more than ever, I use that training because for a lot of moms, they don't get to go into the doctor's office, even like at the end of their pregnancy, they're still zooming in. Oh, So yeah. And then I think it's gone back to that. So they were able to go into the office for a little while, but now I think it's back to zooming. So like a, their whole pregnancy, how do you even do zooming. that? Yeah. You're not, you're not Set getting the waited. camera up spread. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, so much of it was just you going to check in. Right. Like a yeah, lot of those doctor's true. appointments are not, I think they do, you know, obviously yeah. get to do like their 20 Honestly, week. That might be better. I think because so too. No pregnant woman needs to be on a scale that much. Oh, when, they, <laughs> when, they, when they got over it, I gained 75 pounds with Noel, which oh, like, same. you guys know mm-hmm. my, my body, right? So, you know, my body type, I'm tall and I'm thin 75 pounds. They were like over the 200. Like they, they actually because I'm an uh, older mom, um, they did the manual scale. Like it was a clicky thing. Oh, oh God. And they went over <laughs> to 200. And I was like, I don't oh. even want to know what you're writing down. Just write that down. Just write it down. You don't, right. need, to, you don't need to yell about what that That's is. So cool. Why did so we do that? Cool. And it was like oh, the bumping man. of the thing, like from one, you know, 75 mm-hmm. to 200, where I was like, woo, yeah. I'm asking. I'm. <laughs> I'm in all my pregnant glory. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so I definitely tap into that uh, doula, you know, comfort of just like remembering a bunch of things from from my child rearing or from my child birthing postpartum experience, which I also suffered from postpartum anxiety and depression. And so being able to talk about that with other moms and just saying, hey, like gently suggesting that they speak to their provider is like a gift that I can give to them. So I definitely notice a lot more anxiety, which is of course understandable, but also like I want, I mean, how devastating to not be able to thoroughly enjoy nesting with your baby that was the best part like laying in bed and hanging out with your baby and instead like you've got all this noise around you and then to not even be able I rarely meet new babies and I haven't for two years which is horrible um but I do meet their moms you know they're just not bringing their babies out right so um and then I do offer a kind of like a bundling service where I'll put together some cute um, newborn zero to three month, three to six month 
clothing, send them a photo, they can pick what they want from it. And then I just pop it in the mail. And I've been doing that for two years also. So I think that answers your question. What do I see for mothering? I see it's a shit show. Um, but I also <laughs> see that um, that connection is still there. It's just a little different. It's just a little different, which is really sad. But our new lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you are the parent of a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What has surprised you about this uh, new phase of mothering and what have you enjoyed? What's been the biggest challenge? Tell us what we have coming for us. Okay. Well, (laughs) um, we're very close. So we've been a very close family. You know, Noel was hard to get. It was a very long process to even get pregnant. And then I did not have any successful pregnancies after Noel. So, um, so he's very cherished, um, (laughs) cherished and, and I've always embraced every developmental change. Like it's happening to me. Right. So I do all this research (laughs) about how, you know, how they're feeling and why they're feeling, how they're feeling. Um, I feel like we should also mention you're an Enneagram too. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Yes, I'm a two all day wing three. So um, uh, we moved to, so so Noel is a a bright overachiever student. Well, he, he, he was, (laughs) and, and um, has always done very well in school. School's very easy um, for him to, you know, always gotten straight A's without even trying. Like he's that that kid, um, but very big feeling. He's a HSP, highly sensitive person. For people who don't know what that is, um, sensory seeker, and so feelings are huge, um, and feels very deeply. Feels very deeply for everyone around them so friends family um and when you have a person like that in your life uh it is very um incredible to navigate life through their eyes but also it's the most compassion you'll ever have for a person that because you love them so deeply and you know that their love for other people is so deep and so intense and they feel your positives, they feel your negatives. Um, And so the pandemic has been very, very hard on our child. Um, We moved over to Marin for high school and that was uh, 2019. So he got to go to school until March, until the pandemic hit Um, and was making good friends. Now we, would only move here if, if Noel wanted to. And Noel was a hundred percent on board with moving over here instead of seeing if he could get into one of the waitlisted schools that he was waitlisted at a lot of schools. <clears throat> and so, um, so we moved over here. He was totally on board with being here, living here, kind of met his people. I like to call them his crew, his, <laughs> his, 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 
posse, as the kids used to say. <laughs> um, and uh, then the world shut down. And so Noel went from being like a curious, uh, um, seeker of all knowledge, like wanting to figure out how everything works to wanting to be in his room, mm-hmm. not wanting to share with us. Um, and it was, it was devastating. Right. And then, you know, we're both, my husband and I are both small business owners. So we're trying to navigate, you know, how, <laughs> how we're going to function right. in this like pandemic shut down weirdness. Um, and that can't help, but, you know, spill over onto your child. And so I think Noel definitely took a lot of that on for a while. We tried to protect him from it because we knew, you know, that it would be really stressful and it would be really hard on him. Um, the zoom life is not for my kid. Um, he loves engaging with teachers. He loves debate. He loves camaraderie in the classroom. And so basically he just was like a turtle that was just sucked into a shell and just did not want to come out. Um, the good news is that during that time, there was a lot of self-discovery, um, introspective, uh, deep, deep, deep thoughts. Um, and he's an amazing guitar and um, bass player now because he didn't do his schoolwork. So that was like a whole other thing where he picked up different ways to express themselves and um and that has kind of been the 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 saving of like his sanity is that like when he's super stressed he'll just go in and learn a whole new song on guitar he's like incredible um but uh mental health has has basically ruled our life for the last year and a half and um, extensive therapy for him, for us, um, suicidal thoughts, all of these things are okay um, to share with you, um, dear listeners, by the way. Um, And probably the hardest time um, we've ever had being parents. Um, The good news is that he's doing really well. And so when you see your child hiding in their room and not wanting to be a part of society and be a part, those are giant red flags. And it's not because they're sullen teenagers, it's because they're scared. And so being able to help your kid to acknowledge that that pain is in your home, no matter how much you love your child and how much you're there for them and how close we all are it didn't matter it didn't matter they we needed help you know I it was something that I couldn't fix and number one that was the hardest thing to 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 face right is like as their moms you can't fix this but you can find the people that can um and uh people telling me that this is common for this time doesn't didn't help me uh, then a pandemic teen- teenager on top of everything else that didn't help me either. Um, but knowing that when you admit that things are just too much for you to take care of and getting the help and getting good help, um, 
has changed our lives. I think, I think when I met you ladies for the first time um, at that lovely wine dinner, um, things were really tough then. Mm. And uh, I went with Amy just to try to get out of, of where I was and how I was feeling. Um, so I wasn't very, I think we said hi to each other, but that was it. Um, but when I met you again um, at the beautiful mother retreat, uh, things were on the upswing and, um, I don't know. I think that parenting a teenager is no joke, but no matter how much they try to push you away, just keep fighting for it. Cause it's worth it. Um, and I think, I think that would be like my lesson for right now would be it's, we're not out of the, we're not out of the woods. But at least we, at least there's a little bit of a clearing up ahead, which is which is good. Which for a while it was just all woods, and and not, and you really couldn't see a clearing. So, did that answer your teenage question? That was a big, that was a big <laughs> answer for a short question. Uh, well, <clears> I'm <throat> I'm so glad they're doing better. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. I I you know these big things that happen. It, as mothers in our lives so like it this is the important stuff that I think you know somebody may have needed to hear you know so thank you you're welcome you're welcome well and it gets harder to share those topics as the kids get older too because it's not oh they don't like this formula which one did you like you know it's I mean there there are serious private matters that maybe they don't want shared but also I'm finding this as my kids get older and they're only seven and five, but you know, there are still hard things that I want to talk about and connect with other mothers about, but I don't want to put them on blast and share their problems with the world either. And it's, so it gets trickier to find that support. So I'm so glad that you were able to find that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty magical and it's pretty, I mean, no one wants to get into psychology now, which is really cool. So I think, um, because he's, because he's such a, insatiable learner I think this has also given him the opportunity to delve deep into who who he slash they are as a person and realize um that like at 17 newly minted 17 uh there's so much life like cool shit ahead of you but you need the support around you to even want to see that, you know, because like you, you look at your kids and you're like, oh, that must be so hard, you know, like being frustrated or whatever, like when they're seven, like, oh, that must be so hard. Like inside, you're like, suck it up. But out, outwardly, you're like, oh, that must be so challenging that you can't get that Lego piece to fit the way you want it to. Um, and then as they, they move on, I'm finding I'm going back to those times where I see something that's really frustrating. And instead of like inside, of course, still sometimes saying, suck it up on the outside, like, I'm like, oh, at your job, you're really not going to like blah, blah, blah person, <laughs> or you're not going to like this, or you're going to hate to do this one task. But on the outside, you have to say, wow, that must feel so overwhelming for you. Let's figure out how to take it apart and and have it make sense for when you want to 
or need to put it back together, right? Um, it's been great for me too, because you, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with how life is right now. And sometimes it just feels so overwhelming that you don't, you can't see the clearing, right? You can't see like what's ahead, especially with every stupid variant that comes around. You're like, oh, is this it? Is this the time? Is this when everybody falls apart? Um, to know that we, we as their parents can help them piece it back together and learn and learn with them. Because I think we're always learning with that. Always. Right. Always mothering yourself always alongside. Always mothering yourself alongside. Always. Oh, these damn kids. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't so cute. That fire station. I'm like, is it too late? <laughs> what is that time frame? 17? Is that too long? You know, it, it's never been firmed up. So no, I really think that they left it open-ended on the other side. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So to take a little turn here, you have just such an incredible village of fellow mothers, entrepreneurs, and just all around badass women who have been seem like such a support to you. How have you collected such amazing people and nurtured these relationships, especially through the last two years when it's like everything is on fire? And I don't know. I barely have time for anybody outside of my house. So I think um, for, for me being a, being a two, um, which we already discussed, um, I need busy projects. Like I can't sit idle, um, for too long. I, I am realizing I need a little bit of idle time to, to refuel, but in life, I need a project or something to work on that, uh, that helps fuel me or fill my bucket. We use fill my bucket a lot in my house. And so, uh, when I had my old space, so I was in a, I was in a very expensive old space, um, for three years. And I think I touched on it a little bit during that time I was doing like meetups and I did maybe two like retail pop-ups of, of businesses that didn't have a, an actual brick and mortar retail space. And those were super fun. So it was like, you know, little, little sweet things like a jewelry designer that's kind of like up and coming and they were all women owned businesses. And I realized that there was an opportunity to fill each other's buckets because when you're, you know, promoting a, an opportunity to do a pop-up, you're also promoting the other businesses, right. That are going to be involved in it. And then in turn, it, it, it just, it helps each other along, right? You're, you're pulling someone up next to you, you know, and I, and I, and I love that analogy of not pulling someone ahead of you, but pulling someone next to you so that you can continue together, right? And there's nothing better than walking along with someone. And, um, I was going to actually, my rent was so expensive that I was actually going to close my shop after three years. I could not, I could not, it, it, I was breaking even. I was not making any money off my business. I was paying $3,500 a month. Um, and I was going to end, I was done. I was put it, put a fork in me and I was walking home one day 
and I saw high, high up, uh, almost at the top of a building for rent, not in the window of the, of the actual space, but like on the fire escape. And I took a quick shot, went home, called the number and this kind angel of, of a, I, I cannot talk about my landlords without wanting to cry, answered the phone and said, um, it's for rent. Do you want it? <laughs> I was like, well, I wouldn't mind seeing it first. And it was all paper. There was all paper in the window. And I explained who I was. And he was like, oh, one of our um, tenants, because they own a ton of buildings in the neighborhood. One of our tenants shops at your, at your shop. I know who you are. And uh, asked me if, again, if I want it. And I said, well, can I come by and see it? And so I went by, saw it, completely fell in love with it. It's teeny tiny little space, like a third of the space that I had before. And uh, I wound up taking it for $1,600 a month rent, which I was paying 35. So like that math of like a $1,900 difference wow. is incredible. That's my, that would be my income. Like that's how I went into yeah. it. Like, oh my gosh. I could make $1,900 a month. Like I could actually make money at this business. <laughs> you imagine $1,900 a month. Like that's what people make. I'm not even going start to talk, start talking about my husband's construction business. But just to say that the fact that that's what I was excited about is hilarious. Um, and so moved my space. The hands down, the best thing I've ever done. So, so during that time, doing pop-ups, doing Mother's Day pop-ups, um, still kind of pulling along these with me, these tiny businesses that are popping up now, women that are, that are home with their kids and they're being creative and they're making things in their house and doing all these really cool things. And I just eat it up. I love it so much. I love that they can pop up for free. It, it doesn't cost anything um, to pop up at my shop. Um, and, and just watching these businesses, you know, start to blossom is, in, is incredible. And then a pandemic hit. So I was like, oh my gosh, number one, thank goodness I only have this $1,600 a month rent to deal with and not the $3,500 a month I had to shut down my business because no one could be open for, um, for like a month until we figured out what we were going to do. And then my landlords messaged me and, or called me actually, because they're like from the sixties and they said, um, probably from their landline, um, you don't worry about the rent. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, bawling, right? Cause I don't know what to do. I actually didn't know what to do bawling. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't worry about the rent. They're like, don't worry about the rent. We'll, we'll talk to you in August. And this was oh, wow. in, in June. They called me, mind you, they called me in April, wow. the very beginning of April. So I was like, okay. And so I wound up figuring out this way where, where I would make appointments and have people shop outside. So San Francisco waived all the fees for like having, um, you used to have to pay to have any retail outside, like even a table or anything, you would have to pay a permit to the city. 
And so they waived all those permits, which is why there's like all these uh, outdoor eating spots and all this stuff. Like they waived all permitting until the pandemic, until, you know, things got back to normal. So I would set up appointments for people to come and shop outside. So they would let me know what size they were for their kids, two kids, whatever. And I would curate a shopping experience for them safely outside. And I did that till December. I did that till it started to rain. And during that time, so, so after like a month, I felt like I could at least negotiate paying half my rent, you know, for, for that time, I didn't want it to be free until August. I just felt like I was taking advantage. And so I called them back and I said, Hey, I can at least pay half the rent during this time. So we like negotiate this, this thing. Now, meanwhile, all of my friends around me are closing their businesses. So like I had at least 10 women-owned businesses in the sunset or in the inner sunset that closed. And so I was like, well, how can I help them move their merchandise, right? They have like all this merchandise that they have to move. And so we decided to do like a Mother's Day pop-up outside. So finally, we could allow people indoors, right? It started to rain. It felt safer. It felt like the first wave of the pandemic. This is, of course, before, <laughs> before vaccinations and things like that. First wave of pandemic, we can do this. Doors open, fans on. I have two air purifiers still going on at all times. Everyone's masked. I had masks for people. I was selling masks for people. So slowly I would do you know, indoor shopping. And then we decided to start doing pop-ups outside. So that kind of, knowing that we could do it outside and it felt kind of safe-ish, um, I just started putting blasts out to people like, hey, are you closing down your shop? Bring your stuff outside and sell, and, you know, we'll, do, we'll, set up, we'll set up a photographer. So we have a photographer that comes and does family shots, family um, lifestyle shots outside. She sets up the most adorable um, little setup with like a chair and all this stuff. And then we do a pop-up that goes along with it. So we've been doing those, I think like every, I think we've, we did like six last year. And so word of mouth then makes it so that they met, re reach out to their friends and then they message me and do their pop-up outside too. So we've, we've had a, a couple different, so it's not the same people, you know, every single time. Um, and so I think people are going to support you when they know that you're going to in turn support them, right? Like that's, it, I don't make money at my business but I'm filled with so much like joy of watching other people be able to express themselves and do their thing. Um, and so I think to answer the long story of answering your question about having these people around you, I think that people want to feel like they belong to something in a time where we feel so isolated. Right. And so, so, having this group of women that we support each other has directly come from the need to have community with each other, you know, and now they're all friends, which is so cute. 
I love it. Why don't I live in San Francisco? <laughs> you could do you could do a a, a podcast pop up. Oh, interview people. Hey, what's your okay mom moment? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that would be so fun. That would be fun. Speaking of <clears throat> speaking of okay mom moments, do you have one to share with us? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm always an okayest mom. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like any, any time that you're, see, it's different for me because I have a teenager. So like, I feel like an okayest mom moment is like sticking your kid with a tablet at like all day for four hours, right? So that you can have some self-care. Um, those are all okayest mom moments, by the way, everyone. Um, tablets are okay right now, all the time. Um, I don't know. I feel like I live an okayest mom moment. I feel like I just doing the absolute best you can even if you wish that you had said something differently is fucking okay. Was that always your approach to motherhood or has that evolved over the years? I think it's always been my approach. I think don't be afraid to apologize to your kids. You know, when you've, you've had an explosive moment, I definitely communicate when I'm having a hard day. Now I do not sugarcoat that because I did realize that protecting my kid from my anxiety uh, was making them feel like I had my shit together. And I feel like you're not doing your kid a service if like it looks like everyone around them has their shit together except for them. And I think your teenager really picks up on that. But I think even your 10-year-old can pick up on that, right? Like, wow, my parents like kind of navigate stuff really easily. And I think it's important for them to know that it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, and you've got to struggle. You're on the struggle bus to do the, we're going to be doing our taxes soon. I'm going to make sure the kid knows that the struggle bus is real during that taxing, literally, which is why they call it taxes. Uh, time of sitting down and just like having to slog through all this stuff that you don't care about, right? They don't care about math. <laughs> I don't care about taxes. I could give a shit. What are like, all these numbers? Yes, yeah. yes. And it's the same, right? Is when they have to sit down, they have to do that math homework and turn it in. It's like, you don't give a shit about that. But sometimes you have to do this stuff that you don't give a shit about. Which is just such a soul crushing lesson to have to teach your kids. It's like, you know what? We're all doing shit we don't want to do. Yeah. Okay, go clean your room. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you can half-ass do it. I don't care. Right. And you can cry about it and complain all you want. But, you know, while you're complaining, put an, put an LOL doll away. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Oh, man. Oh, you are just a gem. We love you so much. Can you tell our audience where they can find you and about any exciting projects you have coming up? Ooh, well, you can find me um, because I've never finished my um, website. Um, six, six years, people, six years, still 
not done. Uh, obviously, that's never getting done. So you can find me at, um, at Monkey Miles. Um, I love responding to messages. Um, and I'm embarking on a new journey, um, doing retreats with um, two of my dearest friends, um, locations uh, right now in, in Joshua Tree, which is where we spend a lot of our time. Um, we're desert people, but uh, in the future, we'll be doing Bay Area um, retreats as well. They're small wellness um, retreats. And um, you can find all that information through um, at Monkey Miles as well. And it's M-O-N-K-E-I people, M-I-L-E-S, not monkey like the animal. And we'll link all of that in the show Thank notes you. too. Thank you. Thank you so much for being it here. It was nice to chat with you ladies. It was awesome. I love this. If you like what you just heard, and we hope you do, you can find more of us online at www.okistmoms.com. We're also on all social media platforms, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at okistmomsblog. Or if you want to, you can send us an email at hey at okistmoms.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.